0: Alex, welcome. Thanks so much for coming in. Um, So, here at the pod, we... We have a core philosophy. We believe that people should control their own destiny and they should step out of their comfort zone and pursue their passion. And you're someone I know who is all about that. And so welcome for coming in. Thank so you. for people who don't know you, the very few people who aren't on LinkedIn, because everyone on LinkedIn does, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do and what your background is. So I'm Alex. I,
1: am, I don't know what to call myself really, because I'm a company owner. I'm a co-founder of a company called The Bakery. I founded and run an investment fund called Saatchi Invest. I'm a writer, a growth hacker. I've basically got one of those linky brains where I get obsessed about lots of things and I stopped trying to fight that at some point in my life and I just embraced it. And so, so yeah, currently I'm investing in some of the... um, Uh, brightest tech companies in the UK and also with the bakery we do corporate innovation programs so we work with all the biggest clients the HSBCs the delights of the world and we start companies for them and partner with them as well. Okay, so that, that was a lot
0: Yeah, <laughs> things you do there. Yeah, That's confusing. Okay, all right. Let me pick up Mainly, here,
1: let me simplify it. I spend my time around, I think of my world, world in terms of networks. So I have networks of some of the best investors, some of the most exciting, promising young talent entrepreneurs, and also just, I, I call them magicians and wizards, just highly creative, interesting people. And I'm lucky enough to spend my time, the way I look at it, helping them be, as good as they can be, pulling them up the ladder um, to do incredible things in the world. That's so, how I see my role.
0: That's really interesting and it actually you you made it sound really simple but let's hit straight into that right at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, that sounds impossibly hard and the reason I say that is that st- companies on startup companies are notorious for failing. Yeah. Okay and so your skill set must be how do I change how do i make this successful so how do i figure out what's the secret sauce to this one being a winner
1: yeah yeah well uh, let's start with how how i think about making people successful so yeah. i think most of the world are caught up in a hamster wheel okay they run about they try and be very very busy and very few people stop to think what they actually believe about the world so one of the core cool things i do with startups it's just something that i've it's just become a habit over the years, is I try and find out what they see in the world, what they believe, what their true self is. I'm a fundamental believer that we come into this world baked. I've got a little two-year-old and a five-year-old, right? I have, I've actually written a letter to one of them, my son, Donny, uh, with my thoughts and observations of what he's like now, right? What he likes, what he sees, what, what his personality is, how sensitive he is, how he reacts to certain things. Because how I see the world is that you come out, pre-baked, you've got these talents and these abilities and these personalities. And then we spend most of our lives until our 30s and 40s just taking on other people's expectations and things and thoughts on how we should be in the world. And then I think from forward to onwards, we gradually start shedding that and getting rid of that. And so one of the key things that I try and do, because I think most people end up just a bit lost, is I try and go get them right back to their core, finding out why they do what they do um, and trying to find out like what they really want in the world. Because I I truly find, and this goes for people in startup world, as well as people earlier than that, is that, that people just don't question they, they grow up in, say, school systems and they grow up with lots of other people's expectations. And there comes a point where they just feel trapped, a bit lost, a bit stuck and just a bit. Mm. And so I see a lot of my role at helping people have a vulnerable space and letting them like finding out who they really are. And it is incredible when you start doing that. It is incredible how you can knock people into a different orbit.
0: I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I'm assuming that you're speaking from your own experience. So your background. So you, where where did you go down the corporate route? I mean, it's a super great question. I'll give you
1: a quick potted history. So um, I was a kid at school. So let's start school. I was a kid at school who I, don't, I didn't learn anything, like in the way you're supposed to learn stuff. Because school didn't really work for me, because I didn't learn in a way, you know, a rote way, I learned sort of contextually and linking things. Like, I've only just worked this out. I learned by memorizing things, okay? So my whole school system, I just found one big coping mechanism to get through it. And how it meant was I always felt really stupid. So even when I came out and I got my first job, I got my first job in advertising, okay? I was just like a scared little boy trying to survive. I was fairly smart. I did okay. But I was just, because I always felt stupid, I always felt like, you know, I never really felt like me. I felt like an imposter. But I did great. I was in advertising for 10 years and I worked at MSC Sarchi Group and I looked after Google and Heineken. And I did all these big strategy projects and that that's was kind of cool. crazy
0: success. Though. I mean, that's an incredibly competitive industry. Done- May
1: like maybe, who knows? Like, I don't know. I just, I never questioned anything. I just sort of ran along and just kept doing things. I worked really freaking hard, right? Yeah. Because I was scared and I was just fearful. So I worked hard. But anyway, it got to about 30 and I was just miserable. I sat for about two years and like, the people around me were great. The culture was great. Like, people would go, Yeah, you're successful, fine, whatever. But I was, ugh, I was, felt like I was in the wrong clothes. I was just, ugh. So anyway, I went to the CEO and I said, Do you want me to do anything? And he said, Well, we want to make an acquisition. And so I was like, I'd do that because I was like, wanting something interesting to do. And I went and bought a mobile company called Inside Mobile for M&C Saatchi Group. And that company was brought for, like, not very much. They only had, like, six, seven people. It's phenomenally successful. Yeah. And that was the trigger for me jumping into a new career, which was VC. Because I made that investment for them and another one, totally randomly, um, um, I was like, well, you should run a tech fund. You should run a venture fund. I had no idea what a venture fund was. I'd never seen one. I'd never heard one. It just felt right. I knew something was happening. And... They said yes. They said, here's a bunch of cash. Our whole business is investing in entrepreneurs in service businesses. Why don't you go and invest in them in tech businesses? And so I did. And so I did my first deal, which was City Mapper. Um, a few weeks later. It's a pretty good first deal. Not bad first Not deal. Bad. And then we went we've done like twenty odd deals since and you know, we we co invest with, you know, Kindred and Atomico and all the major seed funds. So I feel very blessed. Uh, because that opened up a whole new world to me, right? So if you imagine my horizons were really small and I just saw advertising, I thought, oh my God, there's no world outside advertising. I couldn't get a job at this place called AKQA and I wanted to kill myself because I was like, what will I do if I can't get another job in advertising? And then suddenly, explosion, 2012, 2013, Old Street roundabout, there was just like this insane talent and my eyes just went, wow. And at the same time, I started The Bakery with my other co-founders, Tom and Andrew. And so this whole new world opened up for me. And I think the lesson there, I can't even remember why this started. But I have a philosophy in life about... Everyone thinks that they can plan things and things are linear. There is no single journey that is up and to the right. I actually optimize for two things, serendipity and optionality. If I look back in my life in my 30s, I think what I've done is I've tried to meet as many people as I possibly can who are interesting, cool, like just just good people. Um, And by increasing my surface area of connections and serendipity, interesting things just end up mm. happening and that was a semi deliberate strategy that i don't think many people do and it's it's just something that kind of works for me because i'm not necessarily good at being the ceo do one thing focus operate single thing every day because i'm a linky thinker and i like i like doing lots of things i can't remember what my point no was, i know it, it doesn't
0: matter i loved it the so you mentioned something there that i I, find, I mean, it's, it's a moving story. I think a lot of people can relate to that notion of I'm just on a train. I'm just going through mm-hmm. the motion here. Like I'm terrified that if I, if, if I leave here, what, how on earth am I going to get another job or whatever? But there's that, there's that moment that I really want to drill into here, which I'm really fascinated by. And I'd love to hear your view. You just went to your boss and said, yeah, I'll go and buy a company for you on your behalf. What did you have? What made you think that you could do it? No, I didn't.
1: I, I didn't even think. It's just naivety. Like, there's a lot to be said. Like, loads of entrepreneurs always say, if I'd have known what I was actually doing, I would never have done it. And I think there's <laughs> so much to be said for blind optimism and naivety. Yeah. And frankly, about doing things you don't know you can do and then trying them. Like, it's a old thing to say. But as humans that is how we grow we go to the depths we think we can't do something we overcome the fear that is a fundamental part of the human story it's the hero's journey archetype right you go into the depths you go on your call for adventure you do something you can't do you think oh my god it's the worst thing in the world and you grow and you come out the other side that is humanity
0: i love that and you um so you went out you got that company and then you start so when you were saying, okay, I'm going to go and find these other companies and on behalf of m and and you started their fund, but you started the bakery at the same time? Yeah. So you just said, like, I'm going to start a fund and my own company at the same time. Yeah, th-
1: for me, this is, this is, looking back, I didn't know this at the time, I think this is a story about doubling down on your strengths, okay? So what was I really, really good yeah, at? Yeah, good question. I was great at people. I was great at going out there, speaking to people, making them feel great understanding what they want in the world and being fucking helpful like literally i spend all my time you should meet xyz you should do this you should do this i'll write your deck for you like that's all i did when i see people today who want to break into vc that's the only advice i ever give them i'm like just go in there either angel invest or just go and be helpful as fuck to everyone you can and just keep your eyes open for opportunity and serendipity because it will emerge if you just bump into enough things and enough opportunities.
0: Yeah, that makes absolute sense.
1: And so, and so, so sorry, to make, to, make, to make, so I was just doing that for both jobs. So Bakery was a network business, network of startups, yeah, entrepreneurs, yeah, yeah. network of corporates. Uh, Search Invest was network of, um, of entrepreneurs, obviously yeah. to invest in.
0: You're selling yourself a little bit short there, I think, actually, when you talk about that serendipitous bit, because that's one thing, the networking, but I mean... Dude, you pick City Mapper for your first venture? I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's a pretty sexy result.
1: Well, let's not forget, like, it's very different as well in 2012 than it is in 2018. That? 2018, okay, well, 2013, Sorry, maybe yeah, yeah. it was 2013. Um, like, it used to be that entrepreneurs wasn't always sexy, right? Entrepreneur still then was kind of unemployed loser, right? <laughs> it was still like... Get a job. It wasn't the sort of fetishism that it was. the 80s now. version of a writer. Yeah. yeah. So, look, you know, I, I, again, <clears throat> one, one, one thing to think about with investing is that, um, again, it goes back to the naivety point. Like, because I knew nothing, I was like, this is a great product, and he's really smart, and he can really execute make investment right there was nothing else than that I didn't think about round construction portfolio construction I didn't think too much about competition I didn't really work out how the month-on-month engagement rate worked and again it's like we were talking about golf earlier mm. it's like there is something to be said for that dude who just walks up on the tee sees ball hits ball versus the sort of 50 year old who's been down the course he's been out of bounds 10 times he's seeing the trees seeing the yeah, water yeah, yeah. he's yeah. seeing the bunker like there is definitely something to be said for wide eye naivety in anything in the world
0: I like that. I like that. Of
1: course, I write the blog post about what a genius I
0: was, like all VCs yeah, do. Yeah, and when look, they do and, it and self-promote always. I yeah. Mean, look, yeah, I mean, obviously a natural. I mean, let's not let's not sell that short. Yeah. The um um and then just by virtue of the fact that you you pick things in future, just make it more valuable. Now, that's course. it. You've got that quality. Course. The um if you so the, you mentioned there, and I I love that, and I've heard you speak about it before, and I love your views on this. It was sexy. It wasn't sexy to be an entrepreneur. Now it is sexy to be yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, I used to be a
1: bit more sort of, um, uh, what's the word? Punching, provocative about this. So we live in a world where entrepreneurism is fetishized and it's driven by a number of factors. We've had 0% interest rates forever, so there's loads and loads of cheap money about it's obviously sexy to do, um, but really, there's just been this flood of capital. Obviously, um, we've got open networks now. We've got ubiquity of technology everywhere with mobile phones in our pockets, cloud. You know, the world connected. So we've got a confluence of factors like never before, which has made it easier than ever to be an entrepreneur. But what that also means is people who should never really be entrepreneurs because they're doing it because they want a sexy life and they want a ping pong table and they want to be in the papers, are becoming entrepreneurs. So it's just like anything, right? You have a new thing that becomes really interesting and really big in the world, and it attracts a whole wide range of people. So I've talked before, which is we live in the greatest era of fake entrepreneurs we've ever seen. But what is also true is, we live in a point of greatest opportunity we've ever seen. I'm really interested in how nowadays you can take kids out of school. You can take kids who thought they would never be anything, and you can easily plug them into the matrix. You can take, I was speaking to a guy called Mario, who runs a uh, a, a, a company start thing out of um, a company called Demium, and they're finding kids from Belarus and Uzbekistan and Romania all over the world because they're just finding raw talent who just have not been given the access and mainly the belief. So I hold two views, fake entrepreneurs, loads of them massively on the rise, huge opportunity for kids who maybe haven't had a great start in life, who who just thought they might never make anything to be given opportunities to be all they can be, and largely just through belief. If they can find somewhere early in their life where they can, someone can go, you're good, you can go here, when they've never been told they're good before, and you know, someone maybe with my network and other people, you can just start plugging them into the system, it's incredible what that can do for, 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 for somebody. And I think that, back to my point about true self, I think that I see so many people Who just have not been brought up believing that they can yeah Um, and hence they just haven't got the picture of the world that they can I think I, I actually think the key to everything is expanding the brain space of what's possible making painting the picture of what somebody can be repeating it in their head so that they believe it and I think one of the things that the Mark Zuckerberg thing, the Travis Klanick thing has done is made people believe that, yeah, I can do it from being a kid. I think that that role model thing in the world has had a huge effect too.
0: Yeah, hugely.
1: In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? making sure you never miss an episode of your favorite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much.
0: So on that, you mentioned really quickly, like you said, I, the wrong reason to start to be an entrepreneur is that you want uh, a ping pong table. Um what is the what is the right reason to be an entrepreneur? You can't
1: not. So so my thing on entrepreneurs, like I don't even think of myself as an entrepreneur. Like I've started a fund, I've started a company. I don't think I'm like tr- I don't think I'm that noble warrior who like takes the pain every day because I absolutely have to see something happen. And really true entrepreneurship, like it's really true entrepreneurship, it's a it's a it's an equation on risk, isn't it? How much risk you willing to take? But the, 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 certainly the entrepreneurs I love. My truest definition of entrepreneurs is people who just can't not. They have problem, they see problem, and they cannot rest until it's done. And entrepreneurs are fundamentally artists. They're creative people. They have to see something change in the world or they can't sleep. Like, it's a disease, um, but in the very best way. Uh, so, yeah, like, you know, it's a real trite thing to say, we love mission-driven entrepreneurs, right? Because every VC plus on their website trying to differentiate, even though all VC websites look the same. Um, but but, but, but that is true. And the, one of the reasons why being mission-driven is so critical to being an entrepreneur is it's fucking shit. And you need to be a cockroach. When it is at its hardest, are you going to be there, speak to your team and go, we have a really shit situation here. We're running out of money. We need to deliver this by then. And are you going to be that cockroach? Or at the first time of trouble, are you going to be just fold and die and I personally love the mission driven people because for me it does two things one enables them to hire the best people um, missionaries tend to attract other missionaries and I would rather have missionaries working for my business than mercenaries okay so they tend to attract the best talent they tend to be the people that people want to be around second is that they just won't um, they won't give up um, and yeah, those are actually probably the two biggest
0: reasons. The two big ones. Yeah. I love that. I think it's inspired. Um, so, we're in this period of entrepreneurs. You, you say things were different in 2012. And they are now. This is a real time for opportunity. It's a real great time where anyone, the kid in this room who's got an idea right now can go out and be a success. If it's you, the greatest if time yeah. to be alive ever. I fu- like... People moan all the time, they moan about
1: Brexit, they moan about Trump, they moan about this. Like, would you rather live in the 1950s? Like, when you had, I don't know, cholera and, like, you had to, like, you your, your, your earning capacity was limited by how many hours you could work in the day. Like, it wasn't great to be alive at any previous time. We have... Everything now. It's the most incredible time. We have networks where you can be a kid. Harry Stebbings. Harry Stebbings was a kid, right? Who was 18 years old and he did a podcast. He phoned up a hundred people. Guy Kawasaki said, I'll do a podcast. And he started his journey to 20 Minute VC, where he now has millions of listeners, hundreds of thousands, of very affluent listeners around the world. He's now run his own fund. He's about whatever, 23 years old. Like for me, someone like him just shows what you can do in the world with hunger. Curiosity, ambition, determination, um, and and you had nothing. Like you genuinely can do things from nothing now. That would have been so difficult before because you've got LinkedIn, you've got Twitter, you've got um, you've just got access to so many free amazing online tools to build a tech company. Like computing is basically free. You can start a company with a laptop and an AWS server. Mm. In 1980, you'd have had to like have this huge fricking server stack and like raise millions of pounds just to yeah. build the technology. Like it's utterly incredible. Does that, does that make the competition bigger though? Yes, yeah, harder. So, so, well, so. it depends. It yeah. depends. It depends what life you want. So one of my big things here is that um, it is hard, right? So starting your own business is really, really hard. And if you choose to go down a VC path and want to build your own tech company, especially if you're in London, you have to compete with the best talent, some of the best entrepreneurs trying to get money. What is a relatively small pool of money, even though there's more pools than ever, like 1%, I, I, I always say that 1% of companies are right for venture capital, rest of you don't bother. So one of the things that I say is, choose the life you want. If you really want to hit a billion people, build a product, and you really want to build a billion dollar business, like fine, go all out, do that. But I see so many, the vast majority of people, most of the time I say, Why do you want venture capital? It's it's changed. It's changed because you're going to be a slave to somebody else's Mm -hmm. timeline. You have very little margin for error. And I start asking about what life they want, and most of them go, "What do you?" I go, "How much money do you want to earn a year?" Ultimately, what's the amount that you really want to learn uh, earn by the end? And some of them say. 5 billion, 10 billion, 100 million, whatever. you like, great, go venture capital. Some of them go, I only need a million. If I could get a million, draw down 10%, get 100 grand a year, or 2 million, only get, make 5% on my money, You know, stick it in a balanced index fund, get 5% a year, which is the current rates, that would be good for me. And so I'm going, well, that's easy. We can get to you a million quid, no problem. Here's how you do it. You earn that, you save that, you do that or you do this income generating thing. And like there's a million ways you can get to that number, build a good nest by the time you're 40 and then just keep that nest growing, draw down passive income for life and you've got time freedom. And so nobody, one of my big things is nobody starts backwards and architects a life because they've never been taught how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so many people, when you sit down and talk to them about what life they want, what people they want around them, what their ideal day is, like really think about it versus the life that is dictated to them by what TechCrunch says it should be or what school has told them it should be or what their parents have drummed into them. It's just incredible. that like They have just not been shown that they can architect what is their perfect life. And so many people, back to this, you know, I spoke earlier about people with the clothes that don't fit, they just haven't done it. They haven't planned their life backwards. And when you do, it is remarkably easy to develop a ton of time freedom. Yeah. Which is what most people want. That's
0: well, really interesting because, like, you know, you think about, like, everyone's like, yeah, I want to, you know, you, you go to any angel event or anything. And it's like, oh, I want to make a billion dollar company. Why? And some funds will even say to I you. I wouldn't know what to do. With the f- like,
1: let's say billion. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah. let's say I make, I don't know, 100 million. What the fuck would I do with 100 million quid? Like, is that unambitious of me? Not really, I don't know. What would Why? you do
0: with 100 million I don't know. Hours? Like, some
1: people want it, right? when i tell you who wants it. People are externally validated. So people who go and they go, I'm with this group of mates who all go out and they go yachting or they go and they impress their mates like this or they do this or they go on helicopters or whatever. Mm. And I say, you're with the wrong mates. because, Well, if, they, if that's what they want, fine. And if they yeah. need that external validation, whatever. Most people don't need that. Like... Um, most people should just, should just think about it and just work out what they want and why. And so many people, PCs are like this, so many people are externally validated by status and money and what other people think. Because, like, at the core of us humans, we want three things. Love, safety and belonging. And what status and wealth does for most people is it gives them love of people like them. It gives them the security, the security of money. It gives them belonging. People want to be around them because they have all that. Mm. And once you understand that you don't need to get that through external things and you can be intrinsically motivated, life becomes easier. But most people don't do the work to get to that place.
0: It, it's, yeah, a lot of people aren't willing to accept the work it takes to get to those things.
1: It takes yeah. a lot of, well... And especially if you've had some form of traumatic childhood. And by the way, sometimes trauma is your dad took away your train set, right? Like there's a lot of weird things that happen in childhood that affect you in later life. Like, yeah, you do. You do have to do a ton of work often to go back. You've got your true self. You take on all these expectations of parents, schools and other people and you try and fit in and around, you know, this construct before going back to who you really are. Um, and, and I think that's, I actually think that's a journey more and more people are going on. Cause one of the great things about the internet is the amount of education tools out there. I think more and more people are looking at themselves and just working out what truly makes them, I won't use the word happy cause I think that's an ephemeral emotion. Um, but serene, calm, centered. Yeah. That makes sense. Free. <laughs>
0: That's, that's, the, that's the big one. That's the big one, isn't it?
1: Tell you what happens. So you asked me what I did um, yeah. a few years ago. I changed my metric from following other people and following money because I just thought I had to earn as much money as possible because that's what everyone did. It's that's what the world expected, right? And I put time freedom at the top of the tree. And I said, okay, if I genuinely put time freedom at the top of my tree, what choices do I make? How do I live my life every day and what choices do I make? And that was, the, that was a huge insight for me. And I started doing a bunch of things, automating aspects of my life, spending more time working out what I want, spending more time letting the dust settle. So rather than just being busy for the sake of busy, which is what most people do, most people confuse busyness for progress, a lot more time thinking, a lot more time going, what do I need to do? Accepting that spending an hour just sitting is really good because your brain works shit out. It's like, you know, when you do crosswords and, like, you do a thing the night before, can't get it. And then the next morning, um, the answer just comes to you. I did this the other day with someone from Gen Z. They're like, what's a crossword? Um, What was the, yeah,
0: what was the, what was the clue? (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: it's, uh, but anyway, so, 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 and it it just, and it made me realise, okay, so what money do I have? And how do I provide for my family? And it, it just... It just informed a whole different set of choices. And it was only because I started planning my life backwards, putting time freedom at the top of my tree, doubling down on my strengths and doing a lot of work on myself to go, how do I get validated?
0: I love that. So, you know, there's um, on the pod, we like to talk about two things. So one is if you were. You go, you go back in time and you see yourself and you're se- or you see someone now who is sat at their desk in that factory of life and, yeah. and they have that idea wouldn't it be cool that sentence. wouldn't it be cool if or wouldn't it be better if they've had that idea for how their life can be better or how they can make a better company or something what is your what is your 10 cents for those people in that moment right now
1: there's a few key questions um, what do you see in the world Keep asking why. Why, 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 why? Um, there's various NLP techniques you can do where they draw pictures of what their ideal life looks like, which often surprises them. They, when you really find out what life they want to live, who they want to be around, what's important to them, often they haven't worked it out themselves. Um, being vulnerable really early. So a guy called Mark Evans from Kindred once gave me this tip, which is one of the things I try and do is get an emotional bond with people really, really early because then you have a bridge for life. So you can talk politics, we can talk business, we can do that. But if I start by going, you know, I, I got divorced when I was 13, it was really hard. You might then open up yourself and then together we're vulnerable and then we've got an emotional bond that will yeah. never, ever go. So uh, there's a ton of things, but, but what you're really trying to do is you're just really trying to get there get them feeling comfortable enough to get their true beliefs and feelings and desires out of them, which, frankly, most people are really scared to do. Most people are even scared to post anything. They're they're scared to post a blog because it's putting too much of themselves out into the world. It feels scary and vulnerable. People are scared to post anything about themselves um, because they've grown up with just expectations being put on them, how they should behave, and... I really love people, there's a guy called Francis Padreza from Invisible who talked about going beast mode he goes you know uh, Nietzsche would say that everyone has the individual responsibility to be the fullest expression of their true selves most people are scared so I say to a lot of people just go beast mode be the fullest version of who you are the most extreme and when people do that and they start posting about who they really are it's life-changing. I wrote a blog post a year ago because uh, it was called something like My Linky Brain. What the fuck? Why did nobody tell me? And on Medium. Like first, yeah, on Medium. I just read twenty things. Just came out of how I think, and it was like it was like a coming out post because I'd never told anybody about how my how it, it felt like who I was, how my brain worked. I can't tell you it was like the hugest relief. I had no idea. I had no idea at the time. Um, but it was the first time I went, this is me, rather than hid behind some persona. That's what it was, hiding behind a persona, hiding behind a mask, hiding behind something I thought people needed to be. And it was I, like, since then, it's been so freeing. And so I try and get people to go, just just put your rawest self onto a page and you'd, you'd be amazed how freeing it is for you. And life becomes so much easier because you stop putting on a persona, pretending to be somebody that were. I work a lot with corporates and it just it, it's amazing the the it's like this weird dance that goes on in meetings you know everyone's sort of pretending and doing this thing and i'm like you're not like that in real life why is that yeah. why is everyone being like that it's like nuts um and that's obviously breaking down and there's you know um many many years of how you're supposed to be businessy and work and all that stuff but i just don't understand why people I, I, the world would be a much better place with two things individual self-awareness every single person was much more self-aware that, that is the single biggest thing that will make a better world if every single person became more self-aware understood who they were how they reacted to things started architecting more of the life they want it would stop people being angry emotional, frustrated, depressed all those bad things that cause bad reactions that cause um, lots of bad things in the world um so individual self-awareness is one um and i've forgotten the second one classically but there you go what, what was i talking about before oh we'll forget that we'll cut that we can cut that right but we, yeah, we, yeah we'll cut that out. The, 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 just say the single greatest thing that can change the world that's right the single greatest thing that will change the world that's individual fine. self-awareness
0: yeah you'll link them together um go. great so look we're, we're coming to the end here so what's next What's next for you? Like you're doing this amazing things. You did such invest. You did. You're the greatest investor of all time, the best picker. We know that. Um, what's happening next?
1: My mission in the world is to help people up the ladder. I want to find the most. I want to find unreasonably exceptional people who, for whatever reason, don't necessarily have the advantages and networks of things in life. I want to give them the tools and the belief to do exceptional things in the world. That will be starting companies, that will be investing in them, and it will be, frankly, giving grief. It might be finding the kid who's 15 at school who's amazingly bright but doesn't learn in the right way, and you give them a computer and you knock them into a different orbit. These people, these there's a bunch of creative people with superpowers who sit in the corner of, like, a Deloitte or they're sat in school being the rowdy one or like they nobody in school understands them because they just love sitting there reading books like what Elon Musk did I want to find all of them I don't want to go you're brilliant you should be doing this you think about the world in an odd way you see the world through different eyes that's an incredible superpower let's make the most of you here's money to start a company here's all the Here's a bunch of life models. So, this is how you can architect your life. Here's this huge network. Here's a bunch of social growth hacking tools to do that. Here's some amazing people to hire. All of it. That.
0: I mean, that sounds world changing. Uh, um, Well, it has to be. I hope it is. Yeah, well. You can help me find them. Well, (laughs) I can try. Um, Look, Alex, this has been. Better than I could have hoped. Thank you so much for coming on and um, I wish you the best of luck. keep in touch. Thank you.